Hey, good morning again, Hope Church. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Just want to say a quick welcome to those that may be visiting with us, may have friends or family here on the coast and you're visiting with us. We want to say a special welcome to you. I know we've got a lot of friends and family that's traveling uh, over the weekend. Pastor Kevin and his family are in the Smoky Mountains. So once again, you guys are stuck with me for this morning. So if you are visiting with us, I'd ask you that you come back another time. That way you don't hold up. Uh, the, the message will be a lot better when Pastor Kevin gets back. So I just want to uh, start out by asking a question. How many of you got any last minute Christmas shopping left to do? Bless you. We'll have a time of prayer for you after service. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I, I got a text this morning on the way to church that said, men, it has been confirmed. It is now you can start your Christmas shopping. I told the guys like, I'm already done. I'm, I'm ahead of the game. So how many of you in here have like family traditions every Christmas you like play games or uh, sit around after, the, after you get through eating and watch movies or something like that? Anybody do that every Christmas? Yeah, it's cool. So we're going to combine both of those now. We're going to play a game, and it's going to be about movies. So what I'm going to do is, you know, in, in movies, you've got the main character, and then you've got those that play the, the kind of the supporting role. And you've got those iconic Christmas movies that you can just name the main character of the movie, and you know which movie we're talking about. So we're going to break it up into one, two, three sections here. I actually brought candy. Hey. Hey. So I'm going to give you the main character of the movie, and whoever I hear first, in whichever section, you're going to get some candy. All right, movie number one, Turbo Man. Right here. <laughs> when, I, when our boys were little, they didn't ask to watch Jingle All the Way. They wanted to watch Turbo Man. All right, movie number two, Scott Calvin, right over here. <laughs> All right, this next one, it's got two answers, and I'll take either one of them. Buddy. <laughs> Y'all better come on. I figured this section was going to be the winner. All right, movie number four, and if you don't get this one, I don't know that you and I can be friends. You ready? No. Clark Griswold. All right. All right, last one. Last one. You ready? Ralphie. All right. Yeah, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. So I, I left that last movie a Christmas story because in the title of that movie, I find that word A interesting. Every one of us have 
has a story. Your story is different than my story. My story is different than yours. But today I want to talk about the Christmas story. Obviously, this is a rhetorical question, but who can tell me the main character of the Christmas story? Jesus. Thank you. If you got that wrong, we got other issues. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the Christmas story, but I want to kind of hone in and, and zoom in on some characters of the Christmas story that kind of played a, a support role if it was a movie, not necessarily the main character. Today we're going to talk about the shepherds in the Christmas story and the example that they set for each one of us that we, even today, can model. So I want to start Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It says, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Stop right there. Doesn't that just give you like the warm and fuzzy feeling? I can just see like you're, you're on the couch watching like a Hallmark Christmas movie and sipping on your Starbucks coffee. Kind of, it's like, oh, it makes me feel so good. But then you move on to verse number eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So we've gone from a Hallmark Christmas movie to now we're out in the fields where the shepherds are. Does that seem strange to you? How did we go from talking about Mary having a baby, being a virgin? I mean, that in, in itself is a miracle. But we go from talking about the birth of Jesus to some shepherds out in the field. I like you probably, I've probably read that many, many times and, you know, just kind of skimmed over that part of the story. But I, I really want us to kind of zoom in and see, you know, what's the motivation? What's the significance of the shepherds in this story? And I can remember as a, as a kid, I would always hear the Christmas story and I always envisioned just the lush rolling pastures and the the grass just swaying in the breeze and the shepherds sitting up there on the fields. But if you look at where the shepherds tend to their sheep, it's very rocky, it's very rough terrain, it's very unforgiving terrain. It was, it was hard for them to navigate and to keep their sheep safe. So from these few verses that we've going to read today, we realize that the shepherds really were the fir very first people to ever hear the Christmas story and the birth about, of, about the birth of Jesus. But again, I want to ask you, why are they so important to the Christmas story? Why were they the first ones to hear that? If Prince William and Princess Kate had a baby born into royalty, do, do they go out and tell like the 
cab drivers and the, the trash collectors. No, you know, they're going to like TMZ and the social media influencers. They want everybody to know about the birth of their baby. So why was the shepherds, why were the shepherds the first to know? I want to give you a couple of reasons, I think. Shepherds were just common people like you and me. So somebody that we can easily relate to. They weren't like royalty, but just, just everyday people like you and I. And I think it gives us a clear picture that it doesn't matter where you are on the social ladder. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Doesn't matter where it doesn't matter where you are on your financial ladder. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or if you're on welfare, you can come to Jesus. Okay? So let's continue reading here. In verse 9, it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So I wanted to talk about three crucial things that the shepherds did when they heard the Christmas story and the example that they set for us for today. Number one, it says, the shepherds responded to the good news. Look back at verse 10 through 12. It says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. So when the shepherds heard this story, they had one of two choices. They could just sit there and pretend like they didn't hear anything, or they could respond and do as the angel said. And what did they do? They went into Bethlehem to see what the angel had told them. Verse 15 tells us, it says, The shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem, see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
So, not only did the shepherds respond, but when they got to Bethlehem, the shepherds worshiped. Let's look at verse 20. It says, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. In John chapter 1, John the Baptist refers to Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Many scholars think that the sheep that the shepherds were tending to that night were the sheep that were used in the temples for sacrifices. So in that context, the shepherds left their lambs to go and worship the lamb. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be living in holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. As followers of Christ, we should live a life that reflects the goodness of God. Amen. Our lifestyle should be one of worship that brings glory and honor to him. People are watching you even when you don't realize it. The world is watching you. They're watching how you react to that hard diagnosis. They're watching how you react to that difficult situation. Years ago when our family was living in Mexico, we had a, Holly and I were the directors of a, an orphanage. We had a team come from one of the colleges about three hours away and they spent like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with us. And there were two couples there that spoke really good English, so obviously we kind of gravitated towards them for the weekend and hung out with them and shared stuff. And both couples were engaged at the time. They're now married, and both of them have kids of their own. But throughout the weekend, Holly and I carried on our normal daily activity of you know taking care of Chase and Cody, taking care of the kids of the orphanage, taking care of uh, the daily activities that we needed to take care of. So one night, I think it was like the last night they were there, the conversation turned to wedding planning. I was real interested in that conversation. <laughs> so the next thing I know, I've, I've gone back up the, back up the hill to, to our house got our family photo albums out. I got our wedding album out. We're going through all this, not thinking a thing about it. And just about the time it was uh, time for everybody to go to bed for the night, one of the girls said something that I'll never forget. It really struck me. She said, I love watching how you love on Chase and Cody, the kids of this orphanage, and each other. I had no idea she was even watching us in that aspect. But she's, she was watching our actions, not necessarily our words, but our actions. 
So I tell you that to just be an encouragement that the world is watching us even when we don't even realize it. So not only did the shepherds respond and worship, the shepherds spread the news. Let's look back at verse 17. After seeing him, the after seeing him talking about Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. We, like the shepherds, need to tell others about Jesus. This world is hurting. This world needs Jesus. When I was preparing for this, excuse me. When I was preparing for this message, I kind of, when I got to this part, I'll be honest with you, I felt a little convicted. There was a, as y'all probably know, I'm a college football guru, and there was a particular football game on about a month ago, Thanksgiving Day, that night. So my, my team's winning. I can tell that it's, a, you know, game is in hand. We're going to win. And I'm sitting there on the edge of my couch. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the clock to strike zero. Why? So I can put it out on social media. <laughs> look, look at my team. Look, look what my team did. Look what they did. I wanted to make them famous. But on the flip side of that, Holly and I have been praying for something for about two years now, and about a week and a half ago, I got a phone call that God not only answered our prayer request, but he answered it even bigger and better than what we were praying for. But you know what my reaction was? Not. It wasn't. Man, I can't wait to get off this phone and tell everybody on social media what God did for us. Why do I share that with you? Not to throw myself under the bus, even though I did. I want to just be an encouragement that I want us to have that same eagerness and excitement about sharing Jesus as the shepherds did. What did they do? They went back and told everybody. I'm going to ask a question to the guys in here. Men, how many of you are like gift wrapping experts? Okay, Jeff, you and I have... We have a meeting between now and next Christmas to teach me how to wrap. Because my gift wrapping skills leave a lot to be desired. I'll put it that way. Now, Holly is like, she's like, kind of like our designated gift wrapper of the family. And she likes that really good quality, thick paper, like wrapping gifts with cardstock. 
Now, me, on the other hand, I want that stuff that's so thin it's like newspaper. Why? That way I can kind of like tuck in all the imperfections, throw some tape on it real quick and be like, looks good to me. I was wrapping some gifts the other day, and this came to mind as I was wrapping some of Holly's gifts. That's just the way Jesus looks at us. For 25 years, Holly has never once told me, hey, I'm going to need you to go back and rewrap that and make it perfect. She takes that imperfect wrapping and accepts it. And that's the same thing as Jesus. He accepts us with all of our imperfections and all of our flaws, even though we try to tuck them in and maybe want to try to hide them from each other, he sees all of our imperfections. But yet he still loves us. I want to close with this right here. Would you just close your eyes with me for just a few minutes and then I'm going to wrap up and that way all you people that need to get your last minute Christmas shopping, y'all can get it done. So maybe you're here today and you're kind of like my gift wrapping. Maybe you have all these imperfections and all these flaws and you think, man, I've, I've got it covered. I got this tape over it. Everything is good. Nobody knows. Can I tell you something? God knows and he sees your imperfections. And he knows that. That's why we're celebrating what we are today because God knew that we were going to have imperfections. And God knew that we were going to need a way back to that relationship with him. So he loves us enough that he sent his son knowing what the end was. Knowing that in the end, he was going to be crucified on a cross. And three days later, he was going to rise again and defeat death. So I want to leave you with these three things, and that's the examples that the shepherds gave to us. Number one is respond. How do you need to respond today? Maybe you've never given your life to Christ and you need to respond to the good news that Jesus loves you and your imperfection and your flaws. Worship like the shepherds. Live a life of worship that brings glory and honor to Jesus. And then spread this Christmas, I encourage each one of us to share and spread and tell others what Jesus has done for us in our lives. Father, I just thank you so much for this time that we could come together and in these brief few moments, share about your son Jesus. God, I thank you that you love us enough to send your son to be born 
among the animals in a stable. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love us enough to leave your throne in heaven and come down here to be born in this dirty, sin-filled world. Knowing, as you're lying there in that manger, that you know the outcome, because you're all-knowing. You know the outcome of your life, but yet you chose to come to this earth in spite of the outcome. God, as we celebrate this season, I pray that each one of us would do as those shepherds did so many years ago, that we would respond, we would worship, and they would, would spread. Spread the goodness of your grace and mercy. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand as Mickey and the team lead us this morning?